to the Batmobile. Let's go. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger. Ready to move out. Holy smokes, Batman. It's Gaggle of Geeks on 2SER. Honking geese, the terrifying sound of honking geese. You're here on uh, Gaggle of Geeks, your weekly podcast. I'm Sophie. I'm Tali. And we just chat about everything about geek and pop culture mm. and everything in between. But happy Halloween, Tali. Happy Halloween. I love Halloween. I know that here in Australia, people are like, it's so Americanized. Why do you have to go do that? But like literally people drink Coke and watch Netflix. So in terms of American culture being our culture, it's... Essentially, that argument has already been made. But I am just a big fan of getting dressed up, like costumes and a theme. And therefore, Halloween is just, it's my gig. It's so much fun. Like I dressed, I put on my skeleton dress to work and everyone was like, it took them a little while. Like it was just a brief pause and then their head tilt and they're like, oh, I get it. It's Halloween. (laughs) Did you actually wear it to work? I wore it to work. Oh my goodness. I'll show you a photo later. Did you get any, like, did you say trick or treat? Did you get any gifts or whatnot? No, I didn't. I did. My mum did get me like a photo of me in the morning and I just look really bleary eyed (laughs) as I'm putting it on. I'm like, hi. That probably works on multiple levels. Was there anyone else dressed up? Um, the the design team were dressed up. We had oh. a Hugh Hefner in there. We had a yeah, nice couple of like witches. Yeah, it was good. <sighs> See, that's fun because yeah. I think that that's one of the things is because Australia is still like I think we are slowly embracing it more and more over the years. I think that there's a, there's more of a pre- prevalence towards it. Well, it's just a fun but, holiday. Well, that's the thing. It's not hard. Like it's not harmful no one's in any way. getting hurt. I know that there is a lot of people are like, oh, it's such stranger danger because you're teaching your kids to go and knock on people doors and ask them for candy but it's not it's like community exactly it's like you like here it's, it's like you go to the houses you know yeah. and people who decorate you assume they are in for it if yeah. they don't you just skip along and yeah. go to the next house and it's all done in good spirit so even those people i know who themselves don't celebrate halloween they know that they live in a neighborhood where there are a lot of small children who potentially will be out trick-or-treating mm. so they make sure that they've got a bowl of chocolates if yeah. they knock on the door and that's what i mean it's just it doesn't hurt anyone no. so why are you getting so crazy and plus i just love all the celebrity dress-ups and costumes for Halloween, except I feel for some of them, it's not just a one-night thing, or if it is, it's like multiple (laughs) costume changes. Like the week. (laughs) I'm now, I got really excited. It started off with, uh, oh, I like that Kylie Jenner and her little baby Stormy dressed up as matching butterflies. I was like, oh, that's cute. That's your Halloween thing. And since then, she's now put on too many costumes that I'm like, I'm over it now. She's had a lot. Yeah. It's and it's like it's one of those. I know? will say her Fanta outfit was great. Well, <laughs> she and her friends were the Fanta girls from like I think it was like the Naughties when they yeah. had like yeah all different colors. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those things where it's like that scene from Mean Girls where it's like it's just an excuse for girls to dress up in slutty outfits. And I feel that they're Victoria's Secrets where all the Kardashian sisters and Jenna sisters dressed up yeah. in literally underwear and wings. That I was like, but they actually Gosh. got Victoria's Secrets to actually I know. send them the wings, the wings. because they're so. Pretty protective of their wings. Yeah, which you just go, it. that's crazy. But um, my favourites, mm-hmm. because I do have favourites, I feel that like 
Heidi Klum is obviously <gasps> the queen of Halloween. She does it so well. And she's like, she's roped in her new partner because it used to be her and Seal yeah, who used yeah. to. I was like, okay, she better get a partner that really gets into it. Exactly. And oh my gosh, did he get into it? Oh my God. I love that like Heidi Klum is a goddess for all different, like for multiple reasons, but like physically looks, yeah, she's beautiful. But I love that her Halloween costumes are often disguised that to the point you don't even know that it's Heidi Klum anymore is how much she commits to. She does ugly beautiful yes so so, well so well and this year i know so her and her partner went as fiona and shrek in ogre form so (gasps) she was green must take so long to get into that costume people just it was amazing like they had prosthetics on their faces obviously she was painted up all green with extra padding to be a bit more ogre-esque but then they were like breaking it down on the dance floor and it was people like how is shrek and fiona just you know, got the moves on the D floor. And that's what's so great about them. So I feel that she will forever be the queen of Halloween. Totally. Um, I also, this year, really loved all the people who dressed up as characters from Crazy Rich Asians. Um, Olivia Munn. Olivia Munn, who is doing Orkafina. Yeah, was (laughs) insane and great for so many reasons. And then I somehow stumbled because when I say somehow, it's Twitter, of course. It just happened. There in your newsfeed. It was young little babies dressing up as crazy rich Asian characters and I feel that that took me to new levels that oh, I just they were not the know cutest, was possible. Like, obviously parents group got together and obviously. got all their kids yeah. dressed up but there was a little yeah. girl dressed up as Bernard from Crazy Rich Asians oh and he's like the crazy party boy that no one likes. <laughs> open and sh- shirt. Open shirt, yeah. chain, like hairstyle bit back into a mullet. I was like, this is so I was like, this is everything that you want it to be. So oh. I feel that, that that was amazing. Yeah. Rita Ora's Post Malone, Malone. That was, was ridiculous. Insane. But having said that, I've seen a few people dress up as Post Malone mm. and nailed it. Like, yeah. I think he's got a very easy look to You just don't get. It's like you don't, don't wash your hair, hair for like yeah. a month. And just kind of draw on your face because he has yeah. those facial it's tattoos. Exactly. So it's perfect because the moment you see it, you go, you're Post Malone. So it's very like easily recognisable. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the chances of pulling it off are also very high. Absolutely. Another person who I really liked, who is not a celebrity, but I feel like he gets his own profile every single year, is um, Josh Sundquist. He is a Paralympian. He only has one leg. He lost it to cancer when he was a child. Mm. Um and yet his Halloween costumes with like utilizing the one leg. So rather than being like a, oh, this is so sad, like you only need two legs to think, he has utilized it in ways that are just next level. So last year he dressed up as Tigger from Winnie the Pooh and his one leg was the, the tail. tail? Oh and so gosh. that he had the arms That's and legs. Brilliant. So it constantly looked like he was the bouncing Tigger, which was genius. Um, This year... He went as the genie from Aladdin. Oh, so, so that's his yeah, tail. So his tail is the wow. like whoosh up and then there was a pot at the bottom and he looked like he came out of it. And I'm just like, oh my God, that is so clever. And that's it's so genius. So clever. One time he dressed up as a flamingo in like this move that just required a lot of core strength because his leg was the neck and beak of the flamingo. And then he inverted himself <gasps> on his crutches, which were the like legs. And then his 
head head was like the body tail. Yeah. So he kind oh of had God. to go. Is he a contortionist? Well, this is the thing. He's, he's He kind of had to go upside down and obviously use a lot of his core strength to be able to withhold a position that Athletes. made it look like a flamingo. But in just in terms of just committing to that character, mm. like to the characters who are dressing up, to like looking so realistic and just celebrating all the parts of everything. It was just fantastic. So, yeah, I know he's not a celebrity, but he definitely gets a shout out for definitely. what he does with his costumes. I will say that Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner get oh. like the cutest um, couple dressing. Um, I think the first night Joe Jonas, um, he dressed up as Sansa Stark. <laughs> We got all while Sophie was an elephant. She's like, I'm dressing up as Sansa with you. <laughs> I was about to say, like, what would the Joe Jonas character that she would do in reverse? There's band not camp. really. I was about to say, it's like Jonas Brothers band camp. Oh my gosh. No, but then, um, and then they did one where they were dressed as Morticia and Gomez Yes. Yeah. See. And that was, I was just like, gold. Well done. In terms of family? Yeah. I'd say. The Hamish, like, and Zoe. Oh, Seinfeld. Yes. Seinfeld with their kids was... It was so, so good. <laughs> it was so, so cute. Yeah, I love the ones that execute it well and they commit to it. Mm. Um, What's a face... Cindy Crawford and her family kind of, I think, oh, they were kind of doing 80s rockers because you look at it the first time and you're like, oh, you're the Osborne family because they were all obviously on 80s rocker yep. theme. But then... They, but then young um, Kaya Derba, who's the daughter, supermodel daughter, yes. she was Joan Jett. So then I was like, wait, are you the Osbournes? No, you're Joan Jett. Who are you? Who are you? So I was like, I still feel like, and that's why I liked the like Hamish Blake family. Yes. Zoe Foster it's a Blake. solid. We are yeah. in the group. We are the Seinfeld characters. We are all that. We work together. <laughs> I think that that's, yeah. It's like their kids have no idea what the Seinfeld is. I know. And they're like, but this isn't a fun costume. And like dad and mum are like, yes, yes it, it is. is. The, you, uh, will tr- you will thank us in 10 years time. <laughs> the other person that I really, like I did laugh out loud is Kristen Bell. Like last year she posted a photo. It's like when your daughter forces you to be Elsa in Frozen to match her costume. <laughs> and then, so everyone's like, oh my God, because obviously she was in Frozen. So it's like, this is so great. This is so great. Yeah. Um, and then again, it was Frozen 2, when again, your daughter forces you to dress up as Elsa with her. And she's just like, I've given up. I've given up. You can tell it's just a parent who goes, look, just dressing up as what you want is the path of least resistance right yeah. now. Because rather than trying to be like, be something something else or let me be something else, it's just never going to work. No. Um Sarah Michelle Gellar and her husband, Freddie uh, Prince Jr., they yeah. dressed up as the Royal Tenenbaums. <laughs> I was like... I got you. That's um, a good one. <laughs> the other ones that I really liked was um, Chrissy Teigen and John Legend. <gasps> they, yes. they they dressed up as like Prince Philip and the Queen, yes. and like Kill they me. went they went to town. Like John Legend had the comb over and everything. Like Chrissy Teigen had the full on like full length coat and the hat and everything. Yeah. And then on their Instagram story, they were like. We're now too tired to go out, so we're just going to stay in. <laughs> so they had obviously gone to so much work to get these costumes looking as good as they did, and they didn't even do anything with it. And I was like, God, I love you both. That's just goals. It is. It right is. There. It's like, 
we did all this effort and we're just yeah. going to sit at home and be the queen and king as we like watch Netflix and chill. Exactly. Exactly. That's why it was just, it was extra level. Like their costume was great, but then also just going, we've both realized that we're actually really tired and don't want to go out. So YOLO. YOLO. So good. But Netflix did release quite a few spooky yes. um, series this week. They knew how to be on theme. So mm. if you wanted to watch something to scare yourself, you had something. Well, the one that everyone's talking about is The Haunted The Haunting of Hill House. House. I was like, there's a lot of H's in this title. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. I was just calling it Hill House for the longest time that I didn't actually know that the full title was. I was like Haunting haunting on the Hill. And I was like, no, there's a house in there somewhere. What what is going on? I made the mistake. Well, no, because I watched it with someone else, which was genius. But Mm -hmm. we started like watching it on Saturday at 4.30 when it was still daylight. Um, (laughs) It got to the point where we watched a couple like a couple of episodes and then went, we need to turn on a light because what the haunting of Hill house does that is so great is the suspense, Mm. which is like, they do have those moments where it's the jump fright where you will watch it. And then someone will just like, I I know. And I'm the worst at it. Like I will scream every single time that that (laughs) happens. But what they do is they build the tension up to that point Mm. that it is like when the jump fright thing happens, you're, you're terrified or you just sit there for five minutes expecting something to happen. So you're increasingly like your heart starts racing. Like That's at, so tense. It, it's so tense. At one point I had my hands over my face and nothing had even happened. And I was like, I know something is going to happen. I know. And there was this one episode where, and this is what I mean in terms of building that tension and that suspense. It's like they, in, in the show, they skip between hill house when they were children which Mm -hmm. essentially just screwed them up for the rest of their life yeah and then flash forwards to them like being grown-ups but still dealing with the repercussions of their time that they had spent living in this haunted house and so they're doing a forward where one of the characters and it's on a halloween night of of course course it is and it's also like her sister's funeral (sighs) um of course it is just extra (laughs) elements of terror that they're dealing with exactly So she's like, oh, I don't want to participate in Halloween. So I'll, I'll like, I'll turn the porch light off, which is generally the signifier, like don't knock on the door. Mm. And so someone knocks and she walks out. There's no one there. Of course there's no one there. And so she just puts the chocolates that she's got outside and then she goes back inside. Mm. There's knocking, the doorbell rings. She goes back outside. This plays out for like a good five minutes. So it's like she comes back inside. She's obviously hauntingly reflecting on something else. And then the doorbell knocks. And so she goes outside. There's no one there. And then something happens. No one there. And then like she gets to the point where she's run outside. Mm. She's like, who are you? What's going on? And there's no one. And then her sister just arrives, but it wasn't her sister. Yeah. And so you're just like this suspension is building this whole time. You never really find out who's the door knocking. But the problem was, is as I was watching this and freaking out every Mm. single time, it's about 10 minutes after that scene had finished, like we'd moved on to something else. One of my roommates came home. Knocked on the door. (laughs) I screamed. (laughs) And what was funny was like, it was not even relating to what was happening on the TV, but I screamed because I was obviously still so in stress from Mm. what had happened. So in terms of if you like horror and suspenseful tension and scariness, like the haunting of Hill House will affect you. Wow. Yeah. What What have you been watching, Sophie? Um. So we talked about last week, uh, but Sabrina came out over the uh, weekend. Yes. So I've been kind of, I'm halfway through now. Um, Your impressions? I feel like 
it doesn't know where it wants to where it wants to go and what it wants to be. Oh, okay. Because it's done by the, the producers of Riverdale, and they yep. also had this problem with Riverdale because yep. oh. they were like, "We're going to try to be really progressive. We're going to yeah. be really good about this, and then and then we're going to go really Twin Peaksies, and then." They did at the start and then they uh, stopped yeah. and it was really confusing. Yeah. And then also you're like bad parenting throughout. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Guys. Parent. Child <laughs> services. Seriously. <laughs> sort them out. Sort these kids out and their parents. But yeah, in Sabrina, like it is so different to the sitcom. Yeah. I think a new video came out of the original cast watching it and then like the aunties like uh, would just like. I would never let Sabrina do that. How? Oh my goodness. Oh, I would never do that to you. It is quite cute to check it out. It is so dark it in, is in comparison. so dark. Yeah. And it's really gory. Like there is so oh. much blood happening in this. <gasps> really? Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. And the coven, they worship um, mm. Satan. He gives them their... Uh, their powers. So you actually get a lot of goat Satan in it as well. Because I was about to say, like, Not original like the... Sabrina had no reference to Satan. Like, no. witchcraft wasn't necessarily was, yeah. aligned with the devil or evilness. It was no. just, you've got powers. Yeah. But it's fun things. Like... So this one, they have power, but the major, but their major power is given to them by Satan. Oh. So the Dark Lord, as they call him. Because they... they how very they, Harry Potter like. I know they <laughs> worship the um the Church of the Night, so all their like structures are quite church like, but then they just revert everything. But you know, they're trying to be really progressive. Um Sabrina, they come from like a mixed race family because her cousin is black. Yeah. But unfortunately he's on house arrest and I don't oh. think they realise the implications of what that looks like. So that was weird. And then they have like, you know, one of her best friends is a non binary character. It's like, oh wow, we actually yep. see non binary character on screen. That's fantastic. Of course they go like, you know, she's getting beat up or they're getting beat up because footballers are assholes. Yeah. Usual trope. And then Sabrina takes revenge on the jocks, which is by by making them make out with each other because being gay is the worst thing ever. Oh, and you're yep. just like, oh, what are you trying to do here? Yeah. And then another like thing that one of the main antagonists of Sabrina is the Weird Sisters, which is led by Prudence, who is a black girl. Yeah. And in one of the scenes, like they're like hazing Sabrina in what they call the harrowing. And it's, where they like literally like noose her up to be hanged as the witches of past have experienced. Oh, that's literally a black person getting lynched. And though. then Sabrina turns around and is literally the black girl getting lynched. Oh. And you're just like, what? Did you not think this through? It's great you're having a, a diverse yeah. cast, but you have not thought through the symbolism that some exactly. of this is coming through. Yeah. They have no idea what they're doing there. It's like, Oh, you were literally ticking boxes without actually literally thinking yeah, of the further implications. The yeah. yeah. So this is me at the halfway point. I don't know what's going to happen in the next half. Do you intend to keep watching? Yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool. I want to see what happens to the end now that I've committed yeah. halfway point, even though, because, you know, other than that, storyline's fine. Yeah. But it's just some moments you're just like, oh, what are you doing there? Wait. No, wait. wait. No, 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 no. Stop now. So, stop, stop, stop. Yeah. It's so funny too, as an audience person, that your like initial reaction is exactly that, to go, oh, wait, the symbolism here is actually really problematic. Mm. That it makes you question the people who are like obviously editing it because mm -hmm. they would have been seeing these scenes and if it's either not raising an issue with them, yeah. that's probably a little bit problematic, or they have just gone, 
I'm so in it that I can't see the big picture anymore. There's just different lines of where they go. Or did no one catch this? Well, there was another thing. Like I was talking about it to another friend of mine and she was saying, I feel like this is what happens when white writers try to write people of color. (laughs) So it was just like, oh, they don't have that lived experience to go, hang on. Wait a second. Maybe like their writing room isn't as diverse. I don't know. But yeah. those it, perspectives aren't coming through because yeah. it's just like, ooh. Or it's just like they're not like consequential in the ideas that you just go, oh, like Sabrina's cousin's black. Great, 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 great. But we need to create a storyline why why he's at home. I know. Let's just say he's under house arrest. So that's because like, he committed that, a crime and you're yeah. like, but. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And so it's one of the things where they just go, yep, that's fixing that problem that just happened rather yep. than going, wait, let's look at the whole picture now. Yep. What does that look like? What are we yeah, trying to say? say? Is there some other thing that we could go, oh, he needs to stay at home because he's looking after his sick mum. Does no. that solve it as well? No. Like, no, yeah. we're going to, he committed a crime and he is under house arrest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. While the rest of the Snowmans who are white passing yeah. get to roam around <laughs> everywhere they want. <laughs> and lynch people by the sounds of it mm. or be involved in yeah. whatnot. Interesting. Yeah. It's, it's frustrating yeah. in a way because you want it to be so good because it's such a beloved series. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is like so many people love it, truly. Mm. But yeah. I mean, yeah, it's still a good watch if you want a bit of gory watch, but there are some very cringe moments is yeah. all I'll say. <laughs> Delightful. Yay to the Spellmans. Speaking of Spellmans, though, oh, there yeah. is a Spellman that is apparently making a new Marvel series. A real-life Spellman. A real-life Spellman. Not a character. Not a character. Malcolm Spellman, so he's he's done stuff. He's one of the main guys mm. behind Empire. Yes, and yep. apparently he's been slated to make a new Winter Soldier Falcon miniseries on the new Disney streaming service. Uh, Although Disney and Marvel have said no comment, no comment where there's confirmation, like Variety, like reported as their exclusive this week. Yeah. But is it possible? Like, I think so. It's one of those things. Mm. Like, I think the thing is, is a lot of the time was when these stories come out, I reckon that they're true. Of course. And it's such a detailed report. I'm like, yeah. suddenly definitely got like, it's not like some like early re- pre-production yeah. like contracts. And the guy, exactly. hello. It's one of these things. It's too much, it's too much detail not to have any truth in it. Mm. And to specifically be like Malcolm Spellman. Mm-hmm. Like that's naming someone who's yeah. directly involved. And I mean, it makes sense if they are going to put it on the Disney streaming service and there's yeah. secrecy around that. Of course. Marvel is obviously, Disney's its own powerhouse. So Marvel's obviously yeah. just going, well, if Disney's not going to talk, there's no chance Marvel's going to do it. And no. if it is going to happen, they don't want to then jeopardize that contract. Yeah. So. I don't know. I, I think mean, it will be a fun series. Yeah. Because you've got, because Andrew, uh, Anthony Mackie, who plays Falcon, yeah. is easy one of them more fun characters yeah in the marvel universe mm-hmm. and he definitely needs more screen time yeah <laughs> so, so i'm like i mean I'm that's a good it. way to do it it's a good way to do it yeah also he's been cast in the new altered carbon to take over from uh joel kinnaman since all the characters can body swap oh yeah wow so well that's good for him and his imdb like I know, all the work right? he's getting getting all the work all the work all the way. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so we're just going to have to watch that space. I think so. I mean, we don't even have access to the new Disney stream. Well, this is what I mean. Yet. Watching for multiple reasons that space <laughs> of what's going to happen. When will get in Australia? I mean, oh. it is one of those good things that you could just say, yeah, it's rumored to be on the new Disney streaming service, and everyone would just go, okay, cool. Like, okay, cool. it's going to be a while. It's going to be a while. Fine. 
Whatever. Wait, wait, maybe we'll torrent it because we can't afford enough streaming. Oh, don't start me. The world, <laughs> I tell you, the world. The world. Ah, oh, such joys. Such joys. Um, speaking of streaming, though, HBO. Yes, they've done well. It's one of those interesting things. It's so. Um, it was one of the stories that it caught my eye because obviously the whole Harvey Weinstein, Me Too movement, mm-hmm. like in terms of, I guess, female actors feeling safe while on set and doing things and, you know, mm. all that kind of thing, um, is that HBO have started a thing where they're hiring intimacy producers and it's apparently was instigated by Emily Mead, who was on The Juice. And so in her role, she was a prostitute and therefore she was required to do a lot of sex scenes. Yep. Um, and so in that, they had an intimacy producer worker. I think it's got a, what's an intimacy, intimacy direct co- coordinator. coordinator. Yeah. Um, and so the intimacy coordinator literally does all the potentially things that could be awkward that you might not want to say. So, for example... In this role, if she was giving someone a blowjob, they would be like, well, we'll make sure that there's a cushion on the floor, like if you're kneeling down so your knees aren't going to be hurt. Mm-hmm. We'll make sure that like in the, that if there is a sex scene between two, two people, it's all comfortable, like we'll mm-hmm. talk to you afterwards. It's essentially doing all the things that you would think that someone would be there to do. Yeah. And then and raising if, any potential issues, concerns. And if it's yeah. like this scene goes too far, they can negotiate where? how to pair it back yeah. to the point where you're comfortable again. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's so genius because when you think about like so many actors, male and female, mm-hmm. who are probably just going, oh, this is a big break for me and there's a sex scene and there would be a part where you would go, oh, maybe like my limit is like for um, female actors, well, I don't want to go topless. Like I always mm-hmm. want to have a bra on. Yeah. But then – the, f- the scene's shooting, you're in it, and then the director just says, oh, now take off your bra. Yep. There might be a moment where you just go, oh, well, I feel like it's comfortable. Like originally that wasn't my plan, yep. but this is now what's going on. But now there's someone's going, yeah. no, this was not in the contract. Exactly. You've you got cannot s- let her do yep. this. And it's so yep. good that – and I think in that way it like gives like both male and female actors agency mm-hmm. to say – through their person, no, these are where the hard limits is. And then you've got the negotiator who comes in, who's not yeah. only making it a comfortable space in just in terms of OH&S, especially if you're doing these long scenes and making sure everything's all right, yeah. but also too making sure that at the end of the day, you walk away from your job and you're not like insanely traumatised by something to go, oh, this happened and I'm not feeling comfortable with that or I didn't feel safe there but I didn't feel like I could say anything. And and then also too, it doesn't jeopardise the potential for them to get more work because it's no. not as if they were the ones who said, no, I didn't want to go along. And no, because like, being... you think of all those films like in the 70s and 80s, like thinking of um, – you know, Last Tango in Paris, yeah. where she was like, that was never, like, the actress who then quit acting after that yeah. film was like, they never told me about these scenes. Yeah. They literally just got up to her on that day and that infamous butter scene that was all improvised. Oh. And it was just like, oh, how do you do that? Especially when yeah. it's a film that explicit. Yeah. And I think that that's the thing too, is that, like, we've acting I know that a lot of it's scripted but there is that room for an impromptu like throw out a line there do this and do whatnot mm. and so it makes sense if you're just doing it verbally that that, that there's that room for spontaneity but yep. that then also could be passed on in during sex scenes which does cross lines of going 
it's and still not acting. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh. So I think it's really interesting. It's a, like a good move from HBO to be like, mm. this is something. And also, I mean, it's smart for them too because all the lawsuits that could have happened, oh, like totally. in terms of litigation, they're potentially protecting themselves from that as well. Yeah. And, you know, they're known for being pretty edgy and going oh quite goodness. hardcore in their in their sex scene. Yeah, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Like, is like nudity for days and just yeah. sex woohoo amongst whoever, whenever. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then like Amelia Clark beginning. Yes. Getting a kid off all the time. Now she's like, no more. Yeah. In my contract, not getting naked anymore. Yeah. Well, this is what I mean yeah. is that like she would have still been quite an emerging actor when it, she started. Mm. So like she would have gone, oh, I don't have a problem with nudity and this will be all right. But then afterwards going... Do I have to? Am Do I, I have to? Character? I just have fanboys just yeah. always asking women to get my kid off. No. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. yeah, no, that's such a good thing. Um, but speaking of Game of Thrones. Yes. The spinoff. It's really happening. I know. The prequel. The, uh, yeah, the prequel. So it is being written by George R. Martin. and Jane. Shouldn't he be finishing the normal Game of Thrones series first? Oh, look. I just sometimes I'm like just let, make him finish one, then Look, he can I'm, start I'm his just next project. Say, maybe he's got writer's block. Maybe he just needs a break. He needs a fresh new story to get him back in the mood. Whatever. But it means we don't have to wait so long for the original. It's okay. So the Game <sighs> of Thrones, the, the TV series, they know what's going on. Okay. <laughs> he told them the main gist, and they went with it and made the rest up. <laughs> yes, with trust them. Trust them. Trust them to get everything right. Yeah. But he and Jane Goldman, who wrote the the five pilots that were pitched, they wrote one of them. They won. Yeah. HBO picked them. It's it's happening because they have now cast Naomi Watts to lead it. Yes, Australia represent. Woo, woo. By the way of England. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> woo, woo. Look, we we claim her. We, we claim, claim her. her. Um, do we know anything about the role that she will play, what the storyline is? All we know, it's just like, obviously, prequel. So it's yeah. before Jon Snow was even, knew nothing. Yeah, because I think it's like, it's before even the White Walkers exist. Whoa. I think they're going They're way, throwing back. They're going way, way back. But before the White Walkers, then surely everyone's just living in harmony. Wouldn't that be funny? Wouldn't that be funny if that was it? Yeah, but the White Walkers were made by the Children of the Night, remember? Oh. They made made the first ones to fight humans because humans were being dicks like they usually are. Oh. (laughs) Maybe it's even before that. Yeah. I just would laugh so hard if it's just like, no, everyone's just chilling. Yeah, because apparently it's set like thousands of years before the current events of Game Game of Thrones. So it's like ancient history that they're kind of going through. Um, but there's no other much information about it yet, except for Naomi Watts is now involved. Um, but D.B. Weiss and David Benioff from the current, the, the showrunners of the yep. current series, they have no hand in it. Oh. So it should be Is that a good thing or I a bad thing? I don't know. Thing? It should be interesting just to see, because Jane Goldman, she's made like incredible films yep. like, uh, Kick-Ass, she did, uh, well, she works a lot with um, Matthew Vaughan, so most of his movies. Yeah. So she does, like, really out there comedy yeah. slash action, so I'm really interested <laughs> how is to that gonna see work? how yeah. that kind of plays how into it. Yeah, how they've paired together. Is it, oh, I guess we don't know, because it's, like, one of those things, am I imagining, like, a very Game of Thrones, like, multiple locations, lot, like, huge, big cast 
it wouldn't surprise me because it's, it's now yeah. established that well, that is what it is. It is yeah. always going to be massive ensemble cast yeah. with multiple locations. Game of Thrones has to be epic. Like and a prequel will yeah. probably like be you'll be like probably happening in the north and in yeah. the south. Do we does it have a name other than the Game of Thrones prequel? I know. I, know. I haven't seen anything yet. Yeah, no, neither. Yeah, they just call it the prequel. The prequel. The prequel. Excellent. So well, that's exciting. Well, well, I mean that's something to watch while we're waiting for the Game of Thrones reel to finish. Yeah, because when is so Game of Thrones? We, we don't have it this year. Is it next year? The final season, part one. Yes. Wait, 2019? Yeah. I hope so. Because we didn't have it this year. No, we didn't. We ain't waiting two years. Uh, no. Well, Sophie is. I know. <laughs> well, because they're splitting it. They're splitting the season, aren't they? Oh, they're Harry Pottering it. Aren't they? Or did I... Twilighting it? Maybe. It's TV, so... But it's one of those things of how are they split, but we don't know what's happening, so how do we know if we're splitting it? Maybe. Maybe I've got that wrong. Don't listen to me, guys, but do but listen maybe to this it podcast. Is, I was like, maybe it is true. It makes sense if it's the final book and they're splitting it. Mm. They do tend to split things. But they finish filming it. Everything's wrapped. Yeah. Because all the actors have show, like put photos yeah. up of their wraps, their final day. Yeah. And Amelia Clark with her dragon tattoo. Hi. All the things. All the things. Okay. Watch this space. Watch this space. <laughs> we know some things. We not- know some things, not everything. <laughs> but not nothing like Jon Snow. Ah, <laughs> oh, swings and roundabouts, swings and roundabouts. Doesn't it just? Yeah. yeah so, yeah. Tali, this wouldn't be gaggle of geeks without a certain somebody. Who? I'm sorry, I'm not J.J. Abrams. They say, ah, oh, Tiger, we wish we called you J.J. Abrams. <laughs> Tiger. That's Tiger. Tiger, why did I? Oh, I'm sorry. What was that? I don't know. I just got, like, I obviously got distracted by the voice that I decided to make when I said that. And I just named him something else. Tiger Waititi, I am sorry. But I also love you. We love you immensely. But we've spoken about how what we do in the shadows, that amazing vampire film. Oh, it had it, comedy for everything. Yeah, is brilliant. I I sent you earlier in the week one of the iconic <laughs> dance scenes on Halloween. <laughs> I'm it's it's so great. I love the dancing so much that I watched it multiple times. And I was like, this actually doesn't get old. It's kind of like the Napoleon Dynamite yes. dance scene too. Yeah. It doesn't matter how many times you watch it, even though you know what's gonna happen, you just you're just so amused by it. And it's exactly the same of this dance scene. So it's so fantastic. You just see like the other two vampires just just staring at like, what yeah. is going on and you're like, we're with you. It's just so like both physical and not. It's lyrical, contemporary, but not. It's just, it's like, it just goes to show what the human body can achieve when dancing to music. Oh, man. It's gorgeous. It's so good. But if you haven't done your annual rewatch of what we do in the shadows. Um, weekly rewatch. Weekly rewatch. Um, there is a, there is a se- uh, there is a spin-off, I should say, less sequel. Yeah. That it was uh they've been in production for a while, but it's set in New York and they've just released two teasers for it. It's one of those things where um like so yeah, I feel that New York is very different to Wellington yes. in terms of <laughs> I feel like maybe in Wellington you could get away with being a vampire and people would be like, whatever. Oh no, having said that, I mean I New like- York would obviously have more people, but they'd be more eclectic, so maybe it wouldn't be that weird. Well that's the thing, I'm like, A, they're probably more eclectic, B because there's so many people. Yeah. You would get missed in yeah, a exactly. giant crowd. Yeah. Especially like the nightlife that they have. It's, yeah. Like no one would blink because you're just another person 
in the crowd. Just goes to show, like, Twilight should have been filmed in New York. Right? And no one would have ever known. (laughs) They need cloud cover. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I think it'd be a bit too sunny in the later summer months. Yeah. Exactly. It'd be Sparkle City, if not. But But um, no one would say anything because everyone's covered in glitter anyway, right? Oh, my God. New York, the vampire destination. (laughs) If you're a vampire, you need to holiday or live somewhere and you want to go unsuspecting. New York, place to be. New York York, tourism. New York. (laughs) Nailed it. Um, But it was one of those things, like, and I've said this to you before, Sophie, and Mm -hmm. I would literally, like, you know, die on my heel preaching this, is that New York, uh, not New York, America butchers (laughs) a lot of TV shows and movies when they try and interpret it because they go, it's been popular, but we'll do an American version. So, and I'm thinking of like death of a few, death at a funeral, skins, skins, whatever was the awful, f- whatever the freak that was. That was just, so bad. It only Sometimes, lasted literally a like, season. Some adaptations are good. I think the office was all right. The office was fine. Shameless was fine. Yeah. Um, cause I feel like they actually went, okay, this is what they did. We'll take the story loosely yep. and then we'll go in our own and direction s- yeah. and then make it us. That's what makes it better. Yeah. I think it was While when they literally, literally tie do. and will they just remake it? Then they're a bit idiotic. Mm-hmm. But the thing about the remake that they're doing in this one is that, um, Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement were still very heavily involved. Executive producer. Oh, no. And I even think writing, they were, mm. yeah, writers as well. So it's one of those things where you go, oh, thank God, someone safe is at the helm in which they will say, no, you've missed that. No. And Americans don't do the same, like that New Zealand comedy. No, it's, it's so deadpan. Yeah. And it's very sarcastic. Exactly. And they just generally don't and nail they, that. And so, they don't do big reactions either. No. So if somebody says something funny, they won't do like burst out laughing. Yeah. Like it's people just, corpsing around them. It yeah. is literally them just going, huh. Yeah. And like a kind of a long nod. Yeah. <laughs> and so I watched the two little, tri- well, not really trailers, teasers. more teasers. Little yeah. Because they were like 15 seconds and 20 seconds. Which is nothing. Nothing. A tease. But it was enough to be like, oh, yeah, this is this is good. I'm not mad at this. No. This is like, yeah, there's a scene where they're at the supermarket and he's trying to buy, it's like, cash or card? And he just tries to throw this ancient, ancient coin. coin. Yeah. While his thrall is like, credit. It's fine. Credit. Just no, take just the card. <laughs> and the teller's like, I don't want your ancient coin. And he's like, kill him. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like the same kind of like relation, like power relationships are there exactly. between like yeah. the vampire and the thrall. But it's yeah. also so deadpan. I wonder yeah. if it will translate over there. Well, the th- I think what will be interesting to see is the audiences. Yeah. Their reaction to it. Mm. Because I feel like obviously... Anything that New Zealand does, Australia is acutely aware of it. So I mean in the sense that we know that what we do in the shadows was fantastic because there are people in the same way that all the other things that Taika Waititi has been involved in. And I know that yeah. obviously with Thor, Taika Waititi has his own name brand in America. Yep. But it's one of those questions, did did what we do in the shadows, the film, like did they was it like widely received in America to begin with? Yeah, I'm not sure. I might have been like, you know, it might be cult status, but I yeah. don't know if it would be in super. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I feel like if they remade the TV show here in Australia, everyone would be like, 
beside themselves with excitement because they're they're more aware. They're more aware. A and B. We live in a desert. How exactly. do vampires <laughs> live in this desert this landscape? Is never going to work out. Yes. It's like trying to go to the beach. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I think it'll be interesting to see how it goes, but I do feel like it's going to be in really safe hands. Yeah. And I don't feel that they they would do anything stupid with it. Well, it says coming spring. Yeah. Which means next autumn for us. Yeah, so that's... So that's, yeah... March, April? Yeah, Easterish for us. Yeah. It's so embarrassing. I always have to figure out, like, when does autumn happen? And I was like, is it after winter or before winter? And I'm like, it's... After summer. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm like, <laughs> it's when the leaves fall. The fall is in summer. And then it's cold. And then the leaves come back out. And it's spring. And I- and it's, it's one of it's those childhood lessons that you just never get out of. It's like, how do you tell the seasons apart? What are the leaves doing? I don't know. Especially because here it's like, you don't have those kind of leaves that just go fall. I know, exactly. <laughs> they just stay a bit shriveled, but they're still on the tree. So I don't That's know. It. That is it. Yeah. Look, good times. Evergreen. <laughs> oh my God. Sophie, the geese expert and the tree expert. <laughs> And then no. we'll go through what your favourite tree is. I love a good eucalyptus. Oh, wow. <laughs> no. Um, Vitaly. Yeah. Let's just leave it on that. Yes. note of what we do in the shadows. <laughs> not the tree bit? No. Definitely not the tree Unless bit. Unless what we do in the shadows is in the trees. <gasps> dun, 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 dun. I want more paranormal. <laughs> Wellington Paranormal now. Oh my God. I was just thinking of that before when you were talking. I was like, oh, that's over. Oh, mm. sad. But it has been renewed. Yeah, but it? we have to wait again. Boy. It's a problem with pop culture and just being a general fan is you're just constantly in spaces of waiting. Always. But there's always something around the corner. So true. I mean, we've got that another Robin Hood remake <laughs> later this month. Oh, wow. Get excited. Ah, so excited. So excited. <laughs> Remember how we were going to wrap this up before? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm Sophie. I'm Tali. This has been Gaggle of Geeks. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. You should do that. Yeah. But till next time. Bye. bye.